Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind. Remember, we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey, and we're going to add value to you by speaking to amazing guests and experts in their field. So today we are speaking to Julie. How are you doing, Julie? You okay? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you for having me on. That's fine. So Julie, you are recently beginning an MBE at the end of last year, so I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. And you are the perfect person to have on because um, I can't wait to dig into the little that I know about your story, but <laughs> it's going to be amazing to hear the leadership side of it as well. So for those who don't know you, while I hit the 20-minute timer, um, let us know a little bit about who you are and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, I am Julie Kent, MBE, still getting used to saying that really. Um, And I was born in Gloucester. And I went to Leeds College of Music and did a degree in jazz and light music. I was a professional musician on the road, playing six nights a week with jazz quartet, soul bands, um, singing in all sorts of bands. Um, And then I met my husband and became sensible and decided to start teaching. And I'm um, taught in lots of schools, ended up at Dean Close uh, one day a week, which turned into uh, moving into school and being a boarding house mistress for 20 years. Um, and during all that time, I was raising money for charity um, following the death of our first daughter, who was only three years old when we discovered that she had a brain tumor and she died. So we formed a charity in her name. Um, I've done lots of charity work and I retired from school last year. So that's sort of in a nutshell. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And I've seen from the outside looking into your social media, very inspirational and very motivational stuff. That's why I was so excited to have you on. Um, So what comes to your mind when you think of leadership? Well, I obviously have been thinking about this for the last few days, and um, I've come up with this poop. Okay. Um, but really, it, go on. <laughs> not spelt P O P, it's spelt P O U P. So, uh, my leadership, I, I think of really the time at Dean Close. And um, I was a housemistress for 24 of those years. So, I was responsible. Um, for four of the years, I was a day house mistress. So from eight o'clock in the morning, um, I had 90 girls until six o'clock at night, and then they would go home to their parents. And then we moved into school and I looked after 60 teenage girls 24-7 for interim time. And that brought all sorts of leadership qualities, really. So I was leading 60 girls, um, had to be a good role model. I was leading a staff team that helped me out that came in to do duties um, each night and then hand over to me at the end. I was also um, leading a charity action um, group um, every Wednesday at school. So again, I had staff members um, to deal with and 206 form to deal with. So Lots of different skills, really. And that's why I decided I needed to um, think of it in a different way. And I came up with poop. So first P, you have got to be positive as a leader. If you're not positive, then your team are not going to buy into it. You've got to be, even if things go wrong, you have still got to be positive. So for example, with the girls, 
um, quite often they would uh, we'd, we'd be heading out for the house netball uh, tournament and they'd be saying, oh, Mrs. Kent, but the other house, um, they've got three that are in the first team and we've only got this. And I go, girls, we're just going to be positive. We're going to get out there. We're going to give it our best shot. And quite amazing, really. Um, you know, sometimes we'd be two, t- two matches down and we needed to win the next two and then we'd get into the final. And I would go onto the court and I'd say, right, if we win this one, I'm taking you all to TGIs and you're all having a massive ice cream. Now, on paper, we shouldn't really have won the next game because they did have, the other teams did have three first team players. I'm going, we can do this. Come on. Do you want that ice cream? Yes, you do. Come off. We win the game. They just need positive thinking because all they've got in their head is negative thoughts. Um, Maybe a bit more difficult uh, with parents deal with positive thinking, but parents definitely liked my positive attitude towards their daughters, whether they were going to get four GCSEs or 13 GCSEs, whatever, um, whatever their ability was, I was always really positive with them. So I would say, if you're going to lead a team, you have got to be positive. No one's going to be, no one's going to follow you if you're not positive um (laughs) now the second one i've said is be organized now i probably am not the most organized person um sometimes people think i really am so obviously i do very well at um blagging it (laughs) quite efficiently i suppose i do do a lot of things so all the time i was at dean close i was also raising money for different charities and dean close was amazing at letting me use the buildings and i would get all the all the pupils involved as well not only the girls in my house but pupils in other houses and they would quite often come to me and say, oh, Mrs. Kent, can we raise money for this? Or can we all, you know, run around the field dressed as Disney characters or whatever? And I always said yes, almost always said yes. And if you do lots of things, you do need to be organized. And I think as well for your team, if they think you are really organized, that gives them confidence in the team. Um, So I would say... You've got to be positive and you've got to be organized. Um, You also have to have um, a big understanding of your team. And I liken it sometimes. I used to look at the other house parents because we had um, five girls houses and five boys. And again, all everything we did, singing, hockey, swimming, public speaking, we had competitions for it all. And it would really go in waves. And I used to think, this is a bit like being a football manager. You know, you look at a team like Chelsea or Manchester United, and how is it that they're top of the league for four years and then they go right down? Is it because of the players? Is it because the person that owns the team has plowed loads of money in? It's not always that. It's not always the team that has the most expensive players or the best players. Is it all down to the manager and how he manages that team and how he inspires them and how he is positive with them and how he organizes them? So I, over the years, I quite often, when I hear the football results on a Saturday, I always think, "Mm, I wonder what that manager is doing. What is he saying to them that actually has an effect on them? 
And I think you have to understand the people you're dealing with. So, you know, I, I had six uh, members of staff that would come in and do a duty in my boarding house at night. They'd been teaching all day. They were then might go home, have their tea, but come in and do a duty where girls are tired, they're stressed that they can't do their homework, um, they're emotional because their parents are miles away. So that member of staff, that teacher is already tired themselves. And, you know, at the end of the, at the handover at half past 10, they might say, oh, so-and-so was a pain and so-and-so, and, you know, complain about the girls. And I would have to say, you know, all the right noises, because my understanding is that teacher is absolutely worn out at that time. And what they would accept at nine o'clock the following morning, they certainly wouldn't accept at nine o'clock at night because they're too tired. So whereas, um, you know, you, you, you could make all the right noises and say, yep, I'll definitely tell her off tomorrow morning because she was well out of order. The following morning, I would say to the girl, what happened with Miss X last night? And, and the girl would say, well, I was only doing this and she complained to me. And so you have to understand the whole situation. You have to understand where the teacher was coming from, where the pupil was coming from, and even more so with parents. You know, parents are paying an awful lot of money for their daughters to be in a house with me. Uh, they're paying an awful lot of money to have their children educated in smaller classes. So hopefully they will do better. Um, and certainly both my children were dyslexic. And if uh, they hadn't gone to Dean Close and been in small classes, they probably wouldn't have done as well as they did. Um, but parents um, are not seeing the whole picture. You know, if their daughter is upset, they are not interested in whatever the other girls are doing they're only interested in their own daughter how she's being treated if they feel she's being treated unfairly so I have to understand the parents point of view understand the girl who's very upset maybe understand the other girl because they're not getting on very well I think understanding is a really important um something really important for leadership yeah. to weigh up the whole situation and my last P to make it the poop. And I know people really don't like this word. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, is there another word to use for passionate? Okay. And, you know, I, I look, I put it in the, put it in Google, another word for passionate, because I know people get irritated by the word. Oh, I have real passion for this. But there isn't really another word that describes if you are passionate about what you do. Um, it's very rare to be a boarding house mistress for 20 years. The, the contracts were sort of five years, 10 years, very, very rare to do it for 20 years. And to say I was passionate about it um, is absolutely true. I loved waking up in the morning, handing out mobile phones that we'd locked away all night, um, had a chat with those girls, off they went to breakfast. Um, I loved thinking up crazy ideas for them to do so that in 20 years' time, they would be telling their children about their boarding days and what a great time they had. Because people uh, my age, they didn't always have a great time at boarding school. And, and not everyone chooses to go to boarding school. And, and I know you're in the military and a lot of military families put their children in boarding school because obviously they're moving around so much that we are their stability. Yeah. And um, for the girls, they spend more time with me in five years than they do with their own parents. Mm -hmm. So 
I am a leader for them, but I'm also a role model for them. I'm a sort of surrogate mum, although I think I'm a bit more like the auntie. You know, when um, you'll, te- you'll tell your auntie things that you might not tell your mum. So I think it was a bit more like that because they would often say, you know, don't tell my mum. And, <laughs> and sometimes and sometimes the mums would ring and say, don't tell her I've called, but... Um, so it was a kind of um, a, tr- a big trust thing. But... Yeah. You know, I don't think you could live and look after 60 teenage girls unless you were passionate about it. And I certainly was. And so those are my four things I would say about leadership. They're not the normal things that people would say. I know they probably, you know, got much better words for it. But for me, and I've also carried that through to my leading in charity work that obviously I've done for a very long time. So, and I was thinking about that today, you know, about the different teams that I'm involved with in different charities, because I'm vice chair at Pied Piper and I'm chairman of Cheltenham Open Door, completely different personalities. The boards are set up completely differently. Um, And again, it draws on all those four things, you know, how positive I am, um, how organized I am, how much understanding I have of those organizations. Because for Chatham Open Door, I've only been a chairman for just over a year. So I walked into something that was already, everyone seemed to be quite happy with the way it was going. And I know that someone wanted me in to look at it with fresh eyes and possibly move it on. Uh, but in doing that, I have lost most of my board members. So I've had to build a new team, um, which is good. And uh, let's hope that the people that know me and have been led by me agree with my leadership. Yeah, do you know, that is amazing. We were talking before about what elements that we can bring towards leadership. And, and I just said, about what a cauldron of opportunity to be talking about leadership, because I, I love the transferable skills that you can bring from different yeah. perspectives. And when you were saying about having, um, I, I say about having awareness and different perspectives and getting people on board. And it's just, and I love the passion thing as well, um, because you you can tell, and this is the great thing about video um, nowadays mm-hmm. where the social media, you can tell when somebody's really passionate about what they're, what they're about, what they're doing and what they're involved in. And it's then taking people with you, isn't it, about creating that environment? Definitely, it is about taking people with you. And um, I hope um, that, you know, if I go in and talk or if I turn up to something, that I inspire people um, to say, oh, Julie, I'll help you with that. Or, oh, yeah, I'd love to get involved in that. That's really what I'm looking for, because um, I'm just about, um, after retiring, of being at Dean Close for 30 years, I'm just about to go on a speaking tour, which is quite difficult in a pandemic. Um <laughs> But my idea is that I really want to speak all over the world and I want people, I want to galvanize people into action in their local communities. So um, I I did an American podcast recently and I looked up um, charities in that local community because I do have a big thing about local communities rather than um, charities rather than big charities because I just think 
with local charities, you can see where your money goes. And I think if a company or a school raises a thousand pounds, if you can take it and they can say, well, this costs a thousand pounds, this is where your money will go. That to me, I, I prefer that to sending a check to a massive charity and you actually have no idea where that goes. Um, so I'm all about, you know, the power of giving, how important it is. Um, and I hope when I was at school, um, that the children and the teenagers that I was involved with, you know, I inspired them to do something, raise money um, and continue to be involved with charities because a lot of people leave it until they're retired. And, um, you know, we've got so much to give um, right from a very early age. And actually, uh, Pied Piper had two children over Christmas. One little girl was eight and she goes into our charity shop uh, with her mum every week and she asked for no she said don't send me any Christmas presents just send me donations and she raised 285 pounds so Ivy that's you um, and another little girl Mesa she did a sponsored silence on New Year's Eve must have been very oh, quiet wow. in their house um, and she raised 80 pounds and isn't that great that young people at the age of eight and nine want to do something for what they see are poorly children really so um Mason, you know, can I ask you a quick question then because we always say about where did this all start so on whether it's on <laughs> reflection or whether you were conscious of it at the time I presume it's probably quite a far back mm. um and early on where did your leadership journey where did all this start for you to get to where you are now leadership um I suppose even at school, you know, when you get to the sixth form and you're all in houses and when you get to the um, your final year, you know, you can vote for who is your head of house. And I can remember our meetings used to be in the school gym. I went to Denmark Road um, in Gloucester and I was head of house and that was a really big thing. Um, and you again had to, you know, cheer everyone on, whatever they were doing. Um, I think I'm naturally bossy though, Stuart, to be honest. Um, but as far as fundraising goes, because someone asked me, do you think you would have raised money and got involved in charity if you hadn't lost your daughter? Um, and I remember when I was about 14, 15, uh, we went on holiday and there were lots of um, villas. It was in England, um, lots of houses around a big hotel. And we went with two other families and there was there was lots going on at night for the adults, but not very much for um, the children. And I said, could I organize a disco? I don't know what where this came from. Um, I had a, a, a record player that I used to take everywhere. You probably people listening probably don't even know what a record player looks like. <laughs> um, and it had speakers that went on and you just took them off and set it all up. And I so we organized a disco for all the children that were staying there. And there were, I remember there being collecting tins on the bar. And I remember saying to the man that ran the whole um, holiday resort you know could we charge the children 10p and it all go in these tins so even at 1415 I obviously had this whole either bossiness that wanted to organize things but had a charity gene in there somewhere I would say amazing so but even before then like what the, because obviously we say about that, that whole and this is a massive subject like nature nurture thing, mm. uh, having the ability to lead people um what are your sort of actually let's go with what are your sort of bits of advice that obviously you've been not necessarily in the big corporate world but what 
are your sort of nuggets of information for somebody to step up and take that next level up on their leadership journey? Um, I would say always, what do you love doing? What is something? So even if it's baking, for example, so say you love baking, use that something that you really love doing to um, organize something to do with baking. So you could organize a bake-off or you could, um, if you're in a team, get everyone together. Everyone makes a cake. You all come together and you all taste each other's cakes. I think it's really important you do something you like, because recently I wrote something about, um, I was asked to write and it's quite difficult, about people that resented. They were volunteering and they were giving to charity, but they were beginning to resent it. And I wrote an article about, um, if you're going to volunteer or do something, make sure it's something you like. It would be, I would never volunteer to clean someone's house every week. So say there was an old lady and her house needed cleaning every week. I definitely would not volunteer to do that because I do not like cleaning, <laughs> but I would find a friend who would go and do it, clean her house. And I think if you volunteer to do something that actually you don't really like doing yourself, you are going to resent it. And so make sure whatever, whatever you love, that will bring out the best in you. You will love sharing it with people because, again, it will bring the passion back. You're passionate about it. And that will be infectious to the people that you want to help and entertain and build a team with and lead. Yeah, amazing. Do you know what? We said at the start of this, um, 20 minutes flies by, and that is 20 minutes. Is it? Yeah, I know. I could I could, I could, talk to you all afternoon. That is amazing. <laughs> um, Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story, but also your insights and linking it to leadership. It was really fascinating. Um, so, guys, if you've been listening to this on your podcast provider, make sure you hit us a subscribe and make sure you share with us. It's more important that I really get to know what your takeaways are and what you can pass forward and add to your leadership journey. If you've been watching us on the YouTube channel, hi, and make sure you hit subscribe and hit the bell because every Wednesday at 6am, a new episode and a fantastic guest goes live. So Julie, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you. It's been great. And what I'll do, we're going to have all your links um, that you want people to go and check you out or the charities um, in the comments below. So fantastic. have a great afternoon and I'll see you all next week, guys. Bye. Bye.